coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida. You're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We are a weekly podcast with new episodes coming out every Tuesday afternoon, which you can listen to whenever you feel like it, because it's a podcast, and hopefully you'll subscribe and give us a good review on iTunes or wherever you like to listen. On today's show, Kevin and I will be talking about local chains and how chain isn't necessarily a bad word. Our guest today is Dan Bavaro, the owner of Bavaro's Pizza, Napolitana, and Pastoria. We'll be talking to Dan about his accidental entry into the jarred sauce business, how unique and special Neapolitan pizza is, and some other fun stories. After that, we'll play our music segment, open our lunchbox, share our tip of the week, and have a gluten-free wrap-up. All of that is coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. So grab a snack, pour a drink, and relax while we serve up the show. Today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast is proudly served up by Capital Tacos. Yeah, Capital Tacos hit the scene a couple months ago to a lot of excitement. Originating in Lando Lakes, people would drive for miles to their other locations just for tacos. Well, now you can get your Capital Taco fix right here in St. Petersburg. Did you know that every single ingredient they use is made 100% in-house? Yeah, and if I'm correct, that's over 100 fresh-made ingredients. They offer classic tacos all the way up to different and adventurous. What I think is so cool is you can order any of the combinations, not just as a taco, but five total different ways. Taco, burrito, a rice bowl, a salad, or even as nachos. And I'm excited because next time we go, I'm going to get the caballero as a bowl. It has beef brisket, scrambled eggs, jack and cheddar, and chipotle barbecue sauce. Yum. I'm getting that too. So it's Taco Tuesday, so go get your taco on. Stop by and see what all the fuss is about for yourself at 5226 4th Street North in St. Pete. And tell them St. Petersburg Foodies sent you in September and October, and you will receive some free chips and queso. CapitalTacos.com Once again, welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast. Today we have a conversation topic that some of you may agree, some may disagree, but either way, let us know what you think. Send us email at info at stpetersburgfoodies.com or comment uh, anywhere where you listen to the show, Facebook, uh, iTunes, wherever. Anyway, today we're going to talk about a very bad word in downtown St. Pete. The word is chains. Yeah, that's how some people react when something's a chain. The thing is, a chain can mean a lot of different things. Like some people think 
if you have two locations, you're a chain. But then we have, you know, McDonald's with, I don't even know how many stores they have. But Hundreds, I, thousands, millions. Yeah. But I looked up Dunkin' Donuts. They have 11,000. Sometimes a chain means frozen, microwaved crap. Other times it means a locally owned place that has two, three, maybe four, maybe even 10 locations. And everything is fresh, homemade, and excellent quality. Anthony Bourdain said, may he rest in peace, that on one of his episodes, what's a foodie? He said a foodie is someone who pays attention to where the good stuff is. And the reason we're talking about this today is really because there have been several restaurants that have hit the scene in St. Petersburg recently that honestly have good, high-quality food, but they have more than one location. We had several people in our St. Petersburg Foodies Restaurant Review Group on Facebook that were kicking and screaming about, they're a chain, they're a chain, can't talk about them. That's not what this group's about. Well, what we're really about and what we should be talking about is good quality food. As Kevin referenced, Anthony, Anthony Bourdain said, that's why we're talking about this today. Maple Street Biscuit Company would be the first one that came on the scene that we had this issue with. They are actually a franchise here in St. Petersburg, but locally owned by a local person in St. Petersburg, run by people that care, that care about the community and they have a major following from where where they come from so yeah they had, they had a line around the block on their opening day and it's because they have amazing food i mean and they have their niche they they are biscuits for the most part that's why it's maple street biscuit company and there's also no other like locally owned single restaurant by itself that does what they do in this area nothing. so it's not like they're taking right. money out of somebody's pocket there's nothing like them the food is fresh, homemade. You like biscuits? You're going to love Maple Street Biscuit Company. D- yeah, so we, we published a review on our site, stpetersburgfoodies.com, and then we do a little intro and link to it on our Facebook group. And when we did that, there was one person that within like five seconds, they just put like all caps, exclamation points, it's a chain, and then promptly left the group. That's a little bit narrow-minded, and you're missing out, because if you really want to consider yourself a foodie, you're going to seek out foodie experiences, and Maple Street Biscuit is one of them. And part of the reason for that is that in St. Pete, we, we do have a, an organization and a movement, KeepStPetersburgLocal.org, and we're actually members of that organization, proud to be, and we definitely support local. I mean, heck, we're, we're a small local business ourselves. But at the same time, being St. Petersburg foodies, we cannot exclude what's a quality food experience just because there's more than one location. So we actually had a conversation while we were, or when Kevin was researching to write this article with St. Petersburg Local about what they consider, what, what are their qualifications for what's considered chain and local and all of that. And now we did all of this because Kevin was doing research for um, an article that we published on our web- website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. The article was called Loco for Locals, and it really was created to address how we in our St. Petersburg Foodies online magazine and website, also our Facebook group, were going to actually address and handle chains and, and local chains. And we determined, if you read the article, which you can read it online, that we're going to look at local Florida chains. If they have eight, they have 10, but they started or originated here or originated somewhere within the vicinity of Florida. 
we're going to, and we've never had them here, then we're going to cover that topic. We're going to consider that something we've never seen. Obviously, Applebee's, Outback, none of that needs to be discussed in here. Everyone's been there. They all know what it's like. That's why we wrote the article. That's why we're discussing this today. Yeah. And again, the, the article, you should Google it. It's loco, like crazy in Spanish, loco for local. It turns out to be our policy statement on what we're going to cover and what we're not going to cover because we need to know what that is when somebody like Maple Street Biscuit comes into town. And then there's also Ford's Garage, uh, Yeoman's Cask and Lion. They have pretty decent food and a lot of people enjoy them, even though they're also panned not only because they have more than one location, but they also have themes. And so what? They're, they're fun themes. It's not like going to Chuck E. Cheese. It's, it's more themed towards adults. It's upscale really. bar food in a fun environment just to have a good time. It's, you have to know what you're going there for. I mean, it, it just it is what it is. And we don't have anything like that here right now. And they're doing great. They're doing really well. I mean, we live right above Yeoman's and Ford's Garage, so we see the mass and the volume that they're doing. I wouldn't say it's the best food I've ever had, but it's definitely not the worst. It's really decent bar food. The main purpose for this discussion is that we feel that some people need to be deprogrammed from going berserk and pushing the red button as soon as they perceive something as a, quote, chain. You know, at least if they want to consider themselves a foodie. And now here's something else that's forgotten. You know, we we had a discussion that was kind of more like an argument in the group. And I asked, well, what do you consider, how many locations do they need to then become bad or evil? One guy said more than one. If they have two, it's a chain and I'm not going and I, and that's, that's it. It does nothing else matters. That's obviously ludicrous. Yes. Because then the next thing I said was, well, do you go to Kawa? Because Kawa is definitely a chain at this point, especially by his definition. Yeah. They have uh, 11 locations currently and I think there's more to come. And, and everybody loves Kawa. We love Kawa. They have great coffee, great service. The owners are wonderful. So it's just interesting how there's also, it's kind of a double standard, but it's like almost a subconscious double standard. Nobody said, well, Kawa gets a pass because. No. Right, right. There's, there's, no, there's no reason or answer to that. Here's some restaurants that we think are really good that have more than one location. Ready? Well, Bavaro's being one of them for sure. Yeah, and we're going to have Dan Bavaro on in a little bit. There's also The Mill, Nueva Cantina, Red Mesa, Gigi's, Carmelita's, Ichikoro, Hawker's. Should I keep going? There's more. Athenian Garden, Frog Pond. Who else, Lori? McDitton's, Sea Salt, Caddy's, Beantown Pub, Noble Crust, Oak and Stone. We just mentioned Ford's Garage and Yeoman's. Uh, Dats is soon to be, if not right around the corner. Lonnie's Deli, Tour de Pizza, Ceviche, Capital Tacos, Casita Taqueria, Medici, Pipos. I mean, we could go on and on, but that's actually considered a chain. So if you're going to say a chain, I'm out, stop being so close-minded. So the point is, the word chain is kind of ambiguous. If you're going to define chain as what, I don't know, pick a number, what number makes it a chain? It doesn't matter. We should just dispense with that word and don't worry about how many locations they have. Concern yourself with what they have to offer. What is the food quality? Would you eat there again? Do they have great service? What do they actually provide to the community? 
So remember, let us know what you think. If you agree, disagree, if you're somewhere in between, and feel free to mention any of the restaurants we listed as technically a chain, but we don't really consider them that. And let us know if we missed anybody. Tell us uh, your favorites. Tell us your least favorites. Info at stpetersburgfoodies.com or anywhere that you listen to the show. And we'll be right back with Dan Bavaro. Have you been to Anata lately? If you haven't, you really must go. Kevin and I hadn't been for a while and recently rediscovered it, and it's just blowing our minds. The menu's fantastic. Everybody thinks of cheese and charcuterie when they think of Anata. They do a fantastic presentation, and it's always amazing, but I would really recommend branching out and trying some of this stuff off of the menu. Recently, we had the uh, tuna tartare, and it's some of the best I've ever had. They put it atop a seaweed salad, and that just balances it out, and they have these little crisps on top. It's just amazing. They always do a wonderful job with the octopus appetizer as well. And then we tried the oxtail tortelloni the last time we were there, and it was just superb. But on my list next is the short rib bolognese, and I can't wait to try that. The only reason I haven't tried it yet is because the specials have always been too good to pass up. If you haven't been, you definitely must go to Anata. Anata Wine Bar is located at 300 Beach Drive in downtown St. Petersburg. They open every day at 4 p.m. You really must go to Anata. Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Today we're joined by Dan Bavaro, the owner of Bavaro's Pizza Napolitana and Pasturia. Welcome to the show, Dan. Great job, Kevin. Thank you. Yeah, I was able to pronounce it that time. <laughs> oh, right. Um, and thanks for coming back again. No problem, sir. This, this is the second time we've recorded with Dan, but only the first time that we actually have the microphones turned on. <laughs> well, it gave you time to study the name and practice. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the first time I couldn't pronounce uh, Napolitana. Napolitana. Yeah. We were saying if, if it was to happen to anybody, we're glad it was you, Dan. Because here's what happened. I call up. I'm not going to call and say, oh, you know, uh, blah, 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 and like all the sugar coating. I'm just going to just blurt it out. Dan answers, and I said, we need you to come back and record again. <laughs> and that was your reaction. He just started laughing. I could hear exactly. you laughing. From <laughs> it's all good, man. You start this up, and you know, you're going to have kinks just like restaurants. So I expect our guests, when they come in, if we fall, fall short, to give us an opportunity to repair it. So that's basically what I'm doing right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Earlier on the show, we were talking about chains and how some people don't get it, and hopefully some of those people will listen and will get it, that just because there's more than one location doesn't mean a place is bad or you shouldn't go there. There are the independent local chains like Bavaro's. You guys are have a, how many locations and where? We're opening our fourth. We have uh, St. Pete on Central Avenue, downtown Tampa on Franklin Street, one at Airside Sea at uh, Tampa International, and Fletcher Avenue in downtown Sarasota is being built as we speak. Mm-hmm. Excellent. You started in the food business before the restaurant business or catering? Yeah, back uh, when I was probably about 17 or 18, my mentor at the time was in the food business. So we catered movie sets in Manhattan. So back before anybody oh, wow. knew what a food truck was, that's what we did. So we had four food trucks. We kept them in Staten Island. We had a little commissary. And we would secure jobs with uh, movie sets. And we'd go out usually like 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, because we'd have to do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, so wow. part of my responsibility was not really on the food side, just to make sure that the trucks were stocked and guys would show up and we'd get the trucks there on time. Did you feed any famous people? Every set we had. I mean, you name it. Mike Tyson we've done. Uh, Usher. 
De Niro, Pacino. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, it was a pretty cool experience. Mike Tyson to be the first Mike one you Tyson. mentioned. <laughs> Mike Tyson, yeah. <laughs> it better be good with him. Yeah. So, wow, so that was in New York. Correct. And then how so, did you get, to get down to Florida? So from that point, the gentleman that was mentoring me, he had the business, he had sold the company. He asked what I'd like to do, so... I, I figured I'd get into transportation. So that's where that business took me. So luxury transportation. So instead of feeding these famous people, we wound up, I wound up opening a company that over time we'd show for them, you know, in, in high-end cool. vehicles. And I did that for about 10 years before I sold that company and decided to come down here and open up Bavaro's. So you moved down here to open up Bavaro's. Yes, correct. So in 05, I sold my, my business and I consulted with the company that had bought us for three years. Mm-hmm. During that time period, I, the only other thing I knew was food, so I figured let me get back into the food business. I wanted to do pizza. I didn't want it to do like New York style or slice. I wanted, I wanted it to have a little bit more history and culture. So I studied and researched online, came across Neapolitan pizza, which at the time there was only two of them in the United States, one being in Manhattan that truly followed the rules back to the 1800s on making the style pizza with the oven, the flour, sourdough yeast and I honed in on that and went to Italy and just started meeting people and by the time we moved down here and opened up Bavaro's in Tampa we were probably one of the first 12 true traditional Neapolitan pizzerias I mean there's brick oven pizzerias all over the country Mm -hmm. coal-fired in Manhattan and stuff like that but not everybody was like following the true art of Pizza Napolitana. Is there a specific type of wood that you're supposed to use also? Well, we use oak wood. It's it's, uh, kiln dried, so it's like a 7% moisture. The ovens are built to retain heat. And they're special ovens, correct? Special ovens made by hand for our family, building them for 100 years. Wow. You know, so that's mainly because of heat retention. Mm -hmm. Right, so these are hand-built in Italy. Correct, and then imported over, and then solely fired by wood. And all of the ingredients come from Italy, very specific ingredients that come from specific areas. And Correct. So like our pizza, for, for instance, uh, flour has to be double zero, which means it's ref, you know, very fine. It's, it's milled almost like a talcum powder. Mm-hmm. That company's been in business 100 years. I'd visit them. I'd stay with the family. Same thing with the tomatoes. You need to use a San Marzano tomato, which is just outside Mount Vesuvius, has that volcanic uh, soil. We have a 100-year-old yeast culture that mm-hmm. we got from a bakery in Naples. So what we do is exactly what they did back in the 1800s. Wow. So it's a real, real hard craft to hone in on. So it's, you know, it's not like you go to culinary school and they teach you about this. You know, you have to have, number one, a skill set. Number two, a passion. You know, I believe anything, anybody with passion could learn something. Mm -hmm. Correct. So it's like handed down from generations ago. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, when we first opened Bavaro's in 09, I flew over. A gentleman, his name was Franco. He was 72 years old, and he helped open up our restaurant. Wow. This guy was making 150, 200 pizzas a day by himself. Jeez. Wow. We called him Frankie Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Yeah>. great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, in Tampa, when you first opened, you, I think you'd mentioned before, it was kind of a learning curve, a people understanding that this was a different type of pizza, different type of food. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I guess... Being one of the first dozen, let's say, in the U.S., not everybody's accustomed to what they're going to experience. You know, right. 
we all know as Americans, pizza comes in a box. You pick it up, it stays straight. Certain right. type of cheese. Right. Neapolitan pizza is not like that. You know, fork and knife. It's a delicate mm-hmm. pizza. Uh, the ingredients are of the highest quality. The cheese is the mozzarella, the buffalo we, we import from Italy. It's very moist. So it's a different type of experience. Plus, a regular pizza cooks in like 15 minutes at 500 degrees. Right. Pavaros and true Neapolitan pizza cooks at 900 degrees for 90 seconds. I love the 90 seconds part. You're really hungry. You can have that pizza fast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I do like that. You know, but with that, with all that history and and that skill set from someone from the outside in just coming in to eat a pizza, it's a pizza, right? But mm-hmm. in reality, it's really not. It's a form of art. I mean, it takes, some people just don't get it, how to learn. I mean, you're balancing weather with the dough. You're balancing right. moisture. You're balancing wood that might be 10% instead of 7%. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no gas. There's no pilot in that oven. Right. You got to have, be trained. You got to have the skills and you got to be mentally connected with that oven to put out a great product. Plus, all the dough is made by hand in each yes, set. Yes, correct. Is, yeah. We make our dough by, uh, from scratch daily. We rise it over two days. Mm-hmm. So let's say you come in and you make the dough for the day. I come in two days later to use it. You made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I'm stuck. I got to <laughs> figure it out. And we're going to feed a lot of people. Wow. You know, so it's, you really got to, you know, teamwork and be all in. Before you were talking about the uh, yeast culture, a 100-year-old, how, how does that work? How do you have a 100-year-old yeast culture? So it's like, it's called a strain of yeast. So there was a, there's a mother yeast of this strain. That okay? goes back 100 years. That goes back 100 years. So I got my hands on this in 2006. Mm-hmm. So three years before I opened the restaurant, I had mm-hmm. this at my house. Wow. Baking pizzas in a rigged gra- in a rigged oven in my garage. Really? Trying to, to pull this off. So I kept that yeast alive, feeding it, because you have to feed a live yeast. For mm. those that don't know, it's a live organism. It's a mixture of flour and water. Every day you have to feed it like a baby. What do you feed it? Water and flour. Water's oh. <laughs> like warm at a certain temperature, but there's an organism inside that just activates as you mix it each day so what happens is let's say for instance it's like four quarts mm-hmm. you mix like a quart of of uh, balance of water and yeast into it and you stir it the air goes in into the mixture and then over time over a few hours that five quarts now becomes like 10 quarts mm-hmm. and that's when it's at its high point and it's strong and you use that as a as your yeast for your dome recipe interesting so it's, you, it's scientific do you I mean, spread it's all this amongst all the restaurants like you have the different sets of the yeast yes other yeast if that makes sense yeah we have probably like one or two batches per restaurant mm-hmm. the crazy thing is in the airport think about all the airports in the world <laughs> right we are probably the only restaurant in the airport that hand rolls dough using a hundred year old yeast starter starter it's just right we gotta be right it's wow. pretty neat so it's really, it's fork and knife pizza. We haven't really said that Correct. Per se, yeah. But yeah, you actually cut it with a fork and knife as opposed to picking it up, which is very difficult for some people like Kevin. <laughs> well, yeah, it's very thin, the crust. And it's, I think, it, is it more thin in the middle? Yeah, it's more thin in the middle just by the way it's, it's prepared and stretched. But it's the way it's supposed to be. You know, in Italy, they don't cut pizza. So that's another reason why the fork and knife. Mm. So you go to Naples, you get a pie, you're getting a 12-inch pie uncut. 
Wow. And that was like one of the concessions that I gave when we opened his restaurant right. in 09. I'm like, that's on the table. It's like, do we cut it? Do we not cut it? Right. And I'm like, I just don't want to fight that battle right yeah, now. So. That, that, right. that would definitely be a battle for sure. People that's, like to share. It's part of like breaking bread, yes. you know? Right. Yeah. That would definitely be the one to pick to concede on. Yeah. <laughs> but I have a confession to make. Sure. I still eat your pizza with my hands. That's fine. But what I do is, <laughs> yeah, since it's thin in the middle, it won't it'll droop down. So I, so I do it with two hands until I get further in and it will stay and I can do it with one hand. <laughs> some only, people, only Kevin would have a technique for this. <laughs> some people fold the tip in. Yeah, that's oh, what, that's, right, right. I, I do yeah. that too, yeah. So yeah. it's all good. I won't punish you. Okay, good. <laughs> We're saving on, on forks and knives. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hi, Gordon. What you been up to? Big things, Fred. I'm a full-time student at bartending college. Wow. I never had time for a formal education. Well, I decided to make time, but it's not easy. Bartending college is a four-week course. Gee, how far along are you? Well, let's see. This is Tuesday, the third week. Hey, I'm a junior, and I'm late for a daiquiri lecture. Why don't you join me? Why not? Bartending college. You've already spent enough time on the other side of the bar to qualify for enrollment. Bartending college. We'll teach you everything you need to know. You'll get a starter set of bartenders jokes like, So I says to the guy, you can stay, but the cow's gotta go. <laughs> Bartending college. You'll learn how to roll drunks, water the liquor, and skim the cash register. And remember, as the bartender, you drink for free. 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 Last call for integrity. Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. We're here with Dan Bavaro of Bavaro's Pizza Napolitana and Pasteria. Did I say that right? Napolitana. Okay, close enough. <laughs> I just say Bavaro's. We'll give you an 80%. <laughs> Napoli. <laughs> so I want to talk about some of the food in the restaurant, but first, you have a good story on how you got into the jarred sauce business. Correct. Yeah, that was, that was kind of interesting. So this goes back to probably... 2011 or 12 and we had a large catering order so we made a bunch of pomodoro sauce i didn't take a deposit they called they canceled and we're sitting there with all the sauce what do we do with it right so as a kid growing up in new jersey we um, used to my family used to uh, bottle tomato sauce so instead of wasting it i called up my mother and she's like this is what you have to do you have to get these jars you have to bring it up to a certain temperature, bottle it. And so we did all that. And I'm like, that was just such a huge effort. And then the jars just sat in the back of the restaurant by my desk. And every couple of days, my wife would come in. She'd be like, why don't you sell the sauce? Why don't you sell the sauce? And it's kind of like the CEO commercial. Everybody's saying suggestions. He's sitting there. And then when he says, everybody stands up and claps. They're like, great idea. <laughs> that was a great idea you had. Man. <laughs> so that's kind of what happened with that. And what we did was, we went around to uh, local farmer's markets at the time, mm -hmm. and uh, a gentleman that had come down to help uh, run the restaurant with me would, would go door-to-door -to, -door to retail stores, and the idea really wasn't to, to be a, uh, a revenue generator. It right. was more so to like market downtown Tampa, this is who we are, this is our product, and those who bought it, if they liked it, they would come down, you know, mm -hmm. and that's kind of what we saw. People loved that sauce. They loved that Pomodoro. Kids love it, and... Mm -hmm. When we'd go to farmer's markets and kids would eat the, the pomodoro with penne pasta, they'd be like, parents would be amazed because some kids can't handle red sauce for some reason. Fast forward that a couple of years and we got a 6,000 square foot factory and we're selling in over 2,000 retail stores across the country. Wow. wow. And, and what's the line now? What are the, all of the sauces? Right now we have four total. 
and it's uh, pomodoro, which is an onion basil, marinara is a garlic-based, a rabiata, which is a chili-based, and a Neapolitan pizza sauce. Nice. Speaking of kids, you have quite a few with five. all this you have going on. <laughs> a wife and five children, and he's building his fourth restaurant and bottling all these sauces. You're like Superman. There's each, no each, sleep. <laughs> each kid could have a restaurant to take over eventually. Yeah. How old are your kids? So we have five, and the youngest is seven. The oldest is 15. So figure like every year and change in between that is. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Unplanned. Un, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's another one. Uh, here's another one. <laughs> when we moved down, we had four. And then uh, as we met people, they're like, no one's from Tampa. No one's born and raised. Everybody's a transplant. And then right. we had Santino at St. Joseph's. So we're like, like, yay. Yeah, we got a born and raised. Nice. You know. That's where my son was born. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a great hospital. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was a wild experience. And I often talk at colleges and stuff about business and, and just kind of like the struggles and the dedication of what it takes to open. And that's really what Bavaro's is built on. And when we moved here, you know, that's seven of us right. poured every dime I had into opening that restaurant. No chance for failure. It's not even in the mind. Right. And the seven of us shared, uh, lived in a uh, two-bedroom, 900-square-foot apartment for seven years. Wow. Before we bought our house. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. No chance for failure. No chance for sleep. Every, <laughs> everyone had to be all in. All in. Yeah. We were talking about Neapolitan pizza. What are some of the pizzas that you guys offer? Well, we offer, you know, definitely if you've never had Neapolitan pizza, I would suggest you try the margarita pizza and we have a, uh, an upgrade for mozzarella the buffalo because that is the traditional pizza that represents every pizza that is known today. Wow. Dials back to the 1800s. Yeah. So I would say that. And then, you know, we, we import a lot of high quality cured meats. Mm-hmm. So Trey Carne is very popular. I think that's one of your that's, favorites, right? That's my favorite. Well, I just found a new favorite. Uh-oh. What the, is it? Diavola. Diavola. Homemade sausage. Oh. We roast, uh, fire roast some, some bell peppers in the oven and mm. sauce, cheese. It's really good. Okay, you're really working on me going there for lunch again, aren't you? <laughs> we, <laughs> we also infuse uh, extra virgin olive oil with chilies. This is a little bit more of the kick in that pizza. Yeah, there's some nice kick. I love it. And you also make your own pasta. Correct. We make our pastas. Uh, we make a taglatelli, which is kind of like a, a fettuccine. Uh, we do that with a bolognese sauce. And then we have uh, two types of raviolis that are made from scratch. Majority of the restaurant is from scratch. You know, every day with the guys open up that door in the morning, they create everything. Tiramisu's, cannolis, the shells, the cream, pasta, all the sauces, soup. Not every day, but some days I walk by like maybe six in the morning and somebody's in there working. Yeah, usually the guys get like to get in six, seven to get a head start because it mm-hmm. takes time. You know, right. meatballs, rolling them from scratch. I mean, yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize like when the restaurant opens at 11 a.m., they you just assume that's when everybody shows up for work. But no, people have been there for like four or five hours, maybe. Correct. You have to get that head start. We don't have a huge kitchen, so our space is small. So a night that we serve 400 people. That thing is empty, that, that walk-in cooler, there's nothing. So we got to get in there. They put their heads down and they just knock it out. One of our Facebook group members went, was it Saturday night? Was that when Eileen went? Yeah. She mentioned that it was a 45-minute wait. Yeah. And it was just completely packed and she was raving. They sat outside so they, so they didn't have to wait 45 minutes. But <laughs> yeah, she was just raving. Yeah, that's, that's uh, great. 
I saw her post and I think I went the next day and I tasted some of the specials that they made. Right. You know, we stick to this, the traditions of Italy on our menu. Mm -hmm. And then we have a lot of creative people on our team Mm -hmm. that we allow to get creative. You know, we want to keep people interested and and test them and see what their skills are. And they come up with some really, really good specials in the realm of what we do. Right. The brunch is pretty creative as well. Yeah, I was just going to talk about that because... Chef Logan did, did a great job with that menu. Yeah, Logan did an amazing job. So brunch, we talked about doing brunch, and it's something that I, I wanted to see on our menu, especially when we opened Sarasota. So we were going to do it here, obviously. Logan and I sat, and a few other guys on the team, and I'm like, whatever it is, we got to keep it inspired for right. what Bavaro's is. Right. And they're like, Dan, what do you like to brunch on? I was like, I've never been to brunch in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but St. Pete is a total brunch town. Yes. Yes. So it's helped, and it's like, you got a following. I know you love those pancakes. Yes, I mean, we have yes. a Powerball, a Faro Powerball, which is, Faro's a grain from uh, Tuscany. You know, mm-hmm. it's very old world, and, you know, we got a spin on it. It's yeah. doing yeah. really well. And I like the Italian eggs as well. Correct. It's kind of like Eggs Benedict, but the eggs are actually poached in pomodoro. The sauce. Yeah, yeah, poached in pomodoro sauce over a uh, homemade uh, sausage patty. Really, you've never seen pancakes like these. And you have to tell the story about how the pancakes came about. We just wanted to make sure, like, I'm not a pancake eater. Me either. I'm like, all I know, Logan, he's looking at me like, this guy's crazy. I was like, I want to make sure (laughs) that they're super crispy on the outside and nice and soft on the inside. And they are. They're like fat and crispy and delicious. Lori and I both are not into sweets or pancakes, and we love those pancakes. Yes. So even I if you're agree. not in pancakes, you have to try them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, French toast is amazing too. Yes, it is. Oh yeah. The French. Ex- yeah. That yeah. one. That one also. Orange mascarpone. Stuffed in. Stuffed right? in a French toast. It's just, I did a TV segment and I made that and mm. I, it was gone in like three seconds after the show was over. <laughs> I, I bet. I was hungry and I'm like, where is it? Like, <laughs> everybody's wiping their mouths. <laughs> and you also have breakfast pizzas too. Correct. Yeah, we do a wonderful job. Uh, our our pizzaiolo Nick, who's been with us about five years, put together a, a carbonara pizza. So That's it's like yummy. a whipped egg, pancetta, some mozzarella, baked in the oven, and it's just it's it's just amazing. It's delicious. Yeah, it yeah. was delicious. We had that as well. Yeah, and they yeah. had it again recently too. We make that at the airport as a special too. People love it. Also, if I remember correctly, you do offer unlimited bottomless mimosas. Correct. Yes. $14 all you could drink. I know everyone loves that. Yes, they do. And unlimited and bottomless really mean the same thing. So same I don't know thing. why I know. Anyway. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you and for having you, me. You're welcome. And if you haven't been to Bavaro's yet, uh, remember to visit them at 945 Central Avenue and also their other locations in Tampa at the airport at the Southwest Airlines Terminal, if I'm correct. Terminal C. Correct. Sarasota should be coming along. Hopefully October. October-ish. And you can check them out at bavaro'spizza.com. We'll be right back. This is Chris Walker. And you're listening to Our music segment showcases only local artists, and today we are featuring Jerry X. Jerry, who originally hails from Bulgaria, 
has been a full-time musician for over 15 years. She plays all over St. Pete and the Tampa Bay area. Her music has influences from several styles, including folk, psychedelic rock, Americana, and post-rock. She is currently signed with Cleopatra Records. Before we hear the music, we have Jerry X's answers to our Fast Five Foodies questions that she sent in from the studio while on break from recording her new album. All right. My favorite food in the world. Soup. If I could ever open a restaurant, I would open a restaurant that was specifically just based on soups because I think that soups are really delicious and uh, uh, they take, you know, a lot of, like, crafting. What's my favorite restaurant in St. Pete? Right now, my favorite restaurant in St. Pete is... Actually, no restaurant, because it used to be Cassis. Um, but somehow they actually dropped the ball, and now it's uh, their aioli is uh, mayonnaise. And they're... So, it's a little, like, depressing. Um, salt or pepper? Both, please. Absolutely. Any, everything needs salt and pepper at the same time. Cilantro does not taste like flowers. Cilantro is delicious. My favorite uh, application of cilantro is to make a salad and I, I put it, cilantro in there as opposed to like parsley and I toss it into just olive oil and um, sherry vinegar, uh, salt and pepper and toss it and it's really delicious. And can I cook? Oh yeah, baby. I can absolutely cook. I cannot cook, I think, most chefs in this town. I'm going to take that back eventually, probably, but I, um... I'm a better cook than I am a musician. And I've been a musician for 15 years, so... Watch out, St. Pete. I put my ear to the ground To feel a steady beat And threw my body in the air as quickly as the heat began to burn my knees I am a hunter and work is the wall So I cleared my sore throat and began to sing And drew a line in the dirt with the shuffling of my Tired feet, I am the hunter, and work is the wolf. And I seem no.
ground as it pushed on me A cinema of thoughts came in like memories reminding me I am the hunter and work is the bull And I seem no, no, no Once again, that was Jerry X with Work is the Wolf. And now we're hungry like the wolves. Today we ordered from Lonnie's Sandwiches in downtown St. Pete using Bite Squad. I had the egg salad sandwich, which that was one of my favorites as a kid. I would have that all the time. And I don't think I've had one in 20 years, but last week Gloria West was in here giving us her answers to the Fast Five Foodie questions. And when I asked what some of the stuff is she makes, egg salad sandwich was one of them. So I've been craving an egg salad sandwich for the last entire week. It's all Gloria's fault. Yeah. And Lonnie's has amazing sandwiches. Oh, they they do. I I ordered the uh, turkey sandwich today. It was layers and layers and layers of thinly sliced turkey. And they serve it on this wild rice bread, which Kevin had his sandwich on the wild rice bread too. Oh my gosh, this stuff is so good. It's soft and just has just great, great flavor. It was a great sandwich. Yeah. You will almost never hear us raving about bread, but this is one of the few instances. Absolutely. Lonnie's is really, really good. They're, they're quite underrated, I think, downtown. So while we have lunch, we also like to read our mail. Our lunchbox segment is where we read opinions and answer questions from our listeners. In this week's mailbag, we just have a couple of items. Going back to uh, last week's show, we talked about childhood foods and cravings that we have, and we admitted that we eat McDonald's breakfast every once in a while. Eileen Stafford writes in, Ha ha ha, I love your podcast. Now I'm craving McDonald's Egg McMuffin. Too funny. Very entertaining. Thank you, Eileen. Thanks for listening and continuing to listen. And then going back to our first episode from two weeks ago, where we talked about uh, plastic straws, Devin Ayers writes in, I was listening to your first podcast episode. Man, I love your take on the no straws movement. Completely agree. Looking forward to running into you downtown one day. I'm a huge fan of you and Lori. Take care and thank you for your raw and real views. Well, thank you, Devin. We appreciate it. And actually, there is one more item that I just noticed. We have our second review on iTunes, and it's also a five-star review. Thank you for that. From N2RICIS, titled The Source in Town. 
always has been, always will be the only place in town to get all of the food news and exciting things happening around when it comes to eating delicious foods. Please email us at lunchbox at stpetersburgfoodies.com with your opinions, feedback, and questions to be featured in this segment. Hey, this is Gloria West of Gloria West and the Gents, and you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. This week's tip of the week is actually on tipping. And you know what tips stands for? To ensure proper service, which sounds like you're greasing someone up front, which can apply in certain situations, but uh, not usually in a restaurant. Maybe if you need a special table at a fancy place. But, you know, this could be a whole conversation, but our tip of the week is a quick segment, so here it is. Be a good tipper which is at least 20% bare minimum. Trust me, if you're going to be coming back, this will be remembered. It's your show of appreciation. And it goes back to the golden rule. If you want to be treated special, then treat other people that way. And if you can't afford to be a good tipper, then stay home. Speaking of staying home, we actually just ordered Bite Squad uh, to my downtown condo, and Bite Squad automatically adds in a tip of 20%, but gives you the option to change it. And I did. I changed it to 25% because the delivery person has to find a place to park, hopefully not too far away, then pay for parking, and there's nothing free on my block. Then they're bringing the food all the way up to the top floor and to the far end of the hall. So I think the least I can do is compensate them for the extra work and extra effort. So be a good tipper. Thank you for listening. Thanks to our guests, and thanks to our sponsors. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News, and our intro music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes or any other podcast app, please give us a rating, and also remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until, Until next time, time, may your food be hot, and you're bubbly cold. God damn, it's a pretty fucking good milkshake. Told you. I don't know if it was worth five dollars, it was pretty fucking good. <laughs>